right, if you have a copy of God's Word, uh, why don't you go to the book of Mark. Um, if you don't have a Bible, that's okay. You can either use your phone or uh, it'll be on the screen, okay? So Mark chapter 10 is where we're going to be at tonight. And while you're turning there, um, here's my question. Um, I, I know that this isn't going to apply to everyone, but I'm going to try to see if, we, if someone gets it, okay? Has anyone ever, you can raise your hand first, might get examples. Um, has anyone ever been in a position uh, where you were in charge of something? You were in charge or responsible or you had power over people or you could tell people, hey, this is what we're going to do and this is how, how it should go. Okay? Okay. We got, we got leaders on this side. Way to go. Okay. Um, let's do this. Addison, what? Yes, ma'am. At work, you got to manage people. Okay? Um, this side. Do you have some? Cameron, what you got? Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. So same thing, like you, you led something. Um, I, I was thinking about this, uh, and I didn't really realize the weight of like how I'm supposed to be the guy in charge until I had to plan camp. Um, because then once I was like, okay, yeah, we'll just go to camp. You know, I always grew up where it's like, we just go to camp. Shameless plug, um, registration's still open today. Um, but it's a different side when you have to plan it and be like, okay, so insurance-wise, what do they have to legally sign where let's say something bad happens, how can we not be responsible for that? So like, it's just, it's a weird, it's a different side of it being in charge. But I, I went back uh, even a little bit farther. And if, in case you didn't know, um, I mentioned this a couple months ago, but like I was in the army for six years, okay? And the army has one of the most unique things that you really just don't get anywhere else of like ranks, okay? Right? If you have a specific rank, you just naturally get authority over people that are underneath your rank, right? And so uh, the last year that I was in, I was at this specific rank where I had the ability to tell people like what to do. It was really fun. And there was one time specifically that I remember, like it was the biggest I think my head has ever been. I was like, this is the coolest thing, and I want to live this moment forever. Um, I was sitting in a room, and there was, uh, I think, like six other guys. And one of my jobs was kind of like a mild, like, counselor kind of person. And so then a guy came in to uh, the room, and uh, he he started, like, talking about stuff. I was like, oh, okay, like, this is actually, like, a a work thing. We're not just goofing around anymore. And so I just, like, took a deep breath, and I said, give me the room. Just like that. Give me the room. Five people stood up and left the room. I was like, oh, yeah. I, like, it was the coolest, like, just to say, like, hey, give me the room. And everyone just leaves. Like, I have never felt more just, I have power in, in that moment when people just stand up and leave. It was, it was one of the coolest things in the moment. I have no idea why that's really special or why that's, why that's important, but I was thinking, um, and when it guards to what we're going to talk about tonight, I was thinking about Jesus for a second and thinking, okay, Jesus really does have all the power, right? Genuinely has all the power. We, we talked about this, uh, like we kicked off this series going in, in Mark last December, where we were going through the book of Job for a little bit, like in, in four chapters, chapter 38, 39, 40, and 41, it's literally God flexing how powerful he is. Like, he quite literally has all the power to do whatever he wants. He's the king, the creator, the author, the sustainer of every single thing. 
And so he, he does have the power to be like, hey, give me the room. And we would just be like, oh, okay, sounds good. And so uh, in all of Mark, what he's kind of studied is how like Jesus is God. And so Jesus has all that same power and he's spent the whole last 10 chapters proving how he is God and how he has that power. He, he healed people. He raised people from the dead. He calmed hurricanes. He, uh, he did all of these crazy miracles to prove, hey, I have all of this power. And so tonight we're going to see kind of this, this uh, couple of verses, but there's one verse specifically that's actually the, the theme passage for all of Mark. It's, it's quite literally the most important few verses in the book of Mark. It's sandwiched right in the middle. And it's like, hey, if you can memorize these verses, or if you can know this verse, then you kind of know how we're supposed to read all of Mark. Because again, we're talking about Jesus, how he has all this power, and there's this really, really, really cool verse that we're going to see that are some of the most important verses in our Bible. It's not just the theme verse, or the most important central verse of the book, it's actually some of the most important verses in your Bible, because it tells us the character and the purpose of Jesus, and it, it gives us the, the goal or the drive, like the marching orders for us as followers of Jesus of what are we supposed to do. If Jesus has all this power, what does he do? And so we're going to see this in Mark chapter 10, starting in verse 42, okay? This is what it says. So Jesus called them together. This, these are the disciples, okay? It, Jesus called them together and said, you know that the rulers in this world lord it over their people, and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. Time out. Has anyone ever been around or been under or, or, or anything of a person who was in charge, and they were awful with it? They either made you feel really bad, they, they took advantage of it, they were just, they were the worst boss ever. <laughs> You're so... So Jesus is using that same picture. Hey, you guys know that the rulers of this world, they lord it over people, they, the, and officials, they flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first among you must be the slave of everyone else. For even the Son of Man, that's, that's Jesus, he came not to be served, but to serve others and give his life as a ransom for many. So like I said, these few verses are some of the most important verses in your Bible because they, they tell us, they describe the character and the purpose of Jesus, like who he is, why he came, and it tells us what are we supposed to do because of that. So we're going to look at this passage, we're going to see what are we supposed to do, and what does this say about Jesus. And so the, the thing that I want you guys to remember is our big idea. What do I want you to get out of tonight? This is it. Just serve. You guys can remember that. Just serve. What do you talk about? I don't know, just serve. When it's easy, when it's hard, you don't like it, when, when, it's, when it's tough, what do followers of Jesus do? Hey, just serve. So what is serving? If this is the whole point of what, what are we talking about tonight, what is serving? What do you guys think? How would you define, like, hey, I'm going to serve you? What does that mean? Yeah. Okay, do whatever you need me to do, okay? Philip, you can just shout it out. 
would anyone add anything and say, well, you just do what you need someone else to do? At all. I, I think there is this aspect of serving where, like, helping is has to be a part of it, right? You're, you're helping someone else. You're, you're loving someone else. You're putting someone else's need above your own. And not even for your benefit, but, like, for the benefit of other people. You, you know, you don't expect anything out of what you are, what are getting in return. You're, you're serving. And every single one of us in here, in every situation, can always serve. Every situation. There's always someone that you can serve. So, like, you, like your small group leaders and I, we get to serve our small group. We get to serve you by uh, being patient, you know, when the rabbit trails just keep happening. And we got to keep circling back. Like, you know, we can be patient in that way, and that's how we can serve you. We can be gentle when it's like, all right, you got to stop doing that. Um, we get to serve you by putting your needs above our own. It's like, hey, even when we're tired, even when we have stuff to do, we're going to serve anyway. Um, like, those are a bunch of different ways. Like, like personally, like, serving is this thing of like, hey, I'm going to get a message right. I'm going to put hours in so that way I can deliver this for you. That's a way that I can serve, uh, like, on top of all the other things and, and ways that you can serve your small group leaders. I don't know, text them back. Not, I'm not using any examples, but hey, if someone texts you, you probably text them back. And all the small group leaders are giggling. Hey, that's just, I'm, just, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, like, that's a way that you could serve your small group leader. Um, you could serve your small group leader um, by just being respectful either during the message or, or being respectful during your small group time. Uh, you can serve uh, literally customers at work if you have a job. You can serve your parents. You can serve your siblings. You can serve your teachers at school, uh, other classmates. Um, did I say siblings? Well, you can still serve them again. Even the one, like the other sibling that you don't like as much, you can serve that sibling too. Like, there's all, like, think about it. There's, you can literally serve in every and any single area of your life. But you guys know this. There are easier people to serve than others. And there are easier ways to serve than others. So, uh, is my wife in here? She wasn't. All right, good. I'll talk about her behind her back. My wife is the easiest person to serve. Why? Because I, man, love that girl. Love her. I like her, too. Like, she's just my favorite person. It is easy to serve people that you like. Right? It, like, your favorite sibling or your best friend or, you know, your dog. Like, it's, if you like the person, it's really easy to serve them. But even though Lydia is an easy person to serve, there are hard things to do in serving. Like, taking the trash out? Oh, easy. Like, that was a rule day one of marriage. I said, babe, you are never going to take the trash out. It's disgusting. It's dirty. I don't want you to touch dirty stuff. Let me, let me serve you. I will always be the one to take the trash out. And to this day, she did. It's easy. It's easy for me. I take the trash out all day. If she says, hey, can you do the dishes? I'm like, ah, that one's a little bit harder. It, like, it, my, like, I have to reach over. My back hurts. It's boring. I can't even watch TV. Like, it's just, like, it's right there. So, like, even though Lydia is easy to serve, there are easier things to serve, like, ways to serve her, and there are harder ways to serve her. Right? Now, I told her I was going to talk about this before I went in there. Then there's my mother-in-law. She is a hard-to-serve person. She, uh, she, she just is. Um, like, 
feel like anytime like I try to do dishes or help out with dinner or anything like that, it's, it's never, it comes across, oh, it's never enough. She never thanks me for anything, like, like all these things. Like, we'll go to counseling about it later, but it's okay. Like, for now, this is, this is just me. I'm sharing this in vulnerability, okay? She is a hard-to-serve person. And so even taking the trash out of her house, like, while it's an easy thing, because it's for a hard-to-serve person, it's just harder. And you, so you guys already know, like, there are easy things to do. There are hard things to do. There are easy people to serve. There are hard people to serve. So here's going to be my first question. Who is someone in your life right now that's a really easy person to serve? Just think, think, think right now. Like, who is a person where it's like, you know what? I would, if anything, I would enjoy serving that person. So think, who, who's an easy person to serve? And then in your small group, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about, okay, how are you going to serve them this week? But this is the second part, second question. Who is a hard person to serve? You don't have any examples? I, I have my mother-in-law, you know? I, sorry, I used two names. But let's just throw, throw someone out. If they're in the room, you know, don't, don't throw them under the bus. But, like, just who are the type of people in your life right now? They'd be like, that's a pretty hard person to serve. Your mom. How many people feel that? My, my mom or my dad. It is It's, I feel like they're never grateful. I feel like they never appreciate, they don't even notice. It's like I could do dishes and they'll never even say anything. They'll never know. Like, so like your parents, okay? It's almost anyone. Is there anyone that's like, man, I got a really good relationship with my parents. Okay. Thank God for that. Thank God for that. I'm not even kidding. That's a blessing. Also, you got good parents? Praise God. Priest got good parents? Yeah, I love y'all's parents. It's great. Um, who else? Who else? What else is a hard person to serve? Okay, you don't have to point to them. You don't, you don't have to point to them. But how many people, you could just raise your hand. My sibling is a hard-to-serve person. Stop looking at each other. Like, God, like <laughs> okay. <laughs> Here's the question. Here's the question. How can you serve them? Again, we'll, we'll talk about it more in small group. But, like, like, let's think about it. Like, why are they hard to serve? Is it because they just don't appreciate it? Is it, is it because it's just weird? Like, like, what is it? Like, like, we'll talk about it. How can you serve those hard to serve people who are in your life? Okay? Because we are called to serve people. Like, we are called to, like, even when life gets hard, when life is easy, when you're tired, when you have a bunch of energy, like, we are called to serve people. And the reason why is because Jesus didn't, went first. Jesus modeled what it looks like to serve. Like, like and going back to the idea, like, why? Like, like what are we going to do? Like, when, it's, when you're tired, when you're exhausted, when you're drained out, you have nothing left to give, just serve. And we can do that because Jesus did it first. Like, the entire book of Mark is Jesus healing people and doing all these crazy miracles for people that would, uh, spoiler alert, like, in a couple chapters, kill him. Or at least scream out, hey, I want the Romans, like, you guys should kill him. Like, that's the craziest thing about it. Like, Jesus healed and served people who just didn't deserve it. He modeled the way. And, and Jesus, he served hard to love people. He modeled what serving looks like. And that serving led him to the point of dying on the cross. And on 
on the cross. This is the, the coolest thing. Like, if you want a verse to memorize, it's, it's verse 45 is the verse to memorize. On the cross, verse 45 says that his death, he would be the ransom for many. What, what's a ransom? Anyone know what a ransom is? Haley's got something. Haley, Will, you got something. If you want to pass, you're going to try it. Okay. Ashton's got it. What's a ransom? I got your wife. Give me a million dollars. I don't have a million dollars. But you're absolutely right. You are absolutely right. Like a ransom is like someone has something, and the only way that you're going to get that back is by paying a lot of money. Jesus said that the Son of Man, Jesus, did not come to the earth to be served. Like, he, he rightfully deserves to be served. He's the king of everything. We should serve him. But he came to the earth not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom. Like, here, here's the wildest part of all the implications of, like, what does this mean? This means that there was, there, there was a time when all of us in this room, all of us were held captive and prisoner by sin. And Satan, here's, here's what happened. He has all of us in, in like his little bundle, and he says, if you want them, you're going to have to pay up. You're going to have to pay up. And God goes, all right, let's do it. And, and so Satan says, okay, it's going to cost you, and it's going to cost you Jesus' life. And, and I can't even imagine kind of the talks that they were having, and I know they're, they're God, so, you know, like God can, you know, the Father and the Son, they're, they're having the conversation, and Holy Spirit's talking about stuff too. And, and, and Jesus says, hey, I know the cost of my life, and it's worth it. I had a phone call with a guy last night, and he said, like, how crazy is it? How much is, like, a soul worth that both Satan and Jesus both care about it? And they both want it. Like, Jesus said, hey, I'm going to give up my life. The most precious thing in the world is the life of Jesus so that people who are prisoners can be free. Like, we, we, there's no way on earth that we, that we deserve this. No way on earth we could ever deserve this. We were the prisoners, and someone else, Jesus, paid that debt. And so here, here, here's what we're gonna, how we're going to finish this with. If you are not a follower of Jesus, either for, for any reason, we, we've talked about this all the time, for any reason, you're not bought in 100%, head first, we're doing this. You need to know that Jesus still loves you so much that he died to pay for your sin. And he paid that with his own life. And you can experience that freedom of, of being part of God's family, the eternal life, the, the being, like having all the peace that can only come from God. Like all of these blessings that we could talk about like all the time, you can get all of that by trusting in Jesus, that he really did what he said he did, and you just surrender your whole life to him. But to the followers of Jesus in the room, like, hey, I'm a Christian. I believe in Jesus. He's forgiven my sins. I'm all in. He has everything we get to prove that we are followers of Jesus by serving. And not just serving the people you like, 
get to be like Jesus by serving the people that we don't like, the people that will never thank us, the people that will never, the people that will take us for granted. We get to serve those people. That's how we get to literally just see a sliver of what it was like for Jesus. Someone made this quote. They said that we'll never be more like Jesus when we serve him. That's it. We're, we're going to spend the rest of our time and family time talking about what, is, what does that mean? What does that look like? Is it dishes for everybody? You know, we'll, we'll talk about all the other stuff, but you, you need to know Jesus loves you. And because of what Jesus did, we get to walk that out and we get to serve others like that. Let me pray that we would. Heavenly Father, um, we could never thank you enough for sending your only son to die on the cross, to, to be the ransom, to pay the ransom for just rebels. God, I pray that if there's anyone in here that just doesn't know you, like they, they've never uh, tasted that freedom, they've never surrendered their life to you, uh, I pray that tonight would be the night. Uh, but God, I pray for the believers in the room that we would have a life, we would live a life, that this ministry would be marked by serving. God, you're amazing. Thank you for serving us.